podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Hello, everyone. I'm Roy. I'm Chalen. How are you doing today, Chalen? Oh, doing well. Doing well. Today's one of those episodes that we come into that uh, we try to steer clear of until everything and all the everything is settled and all the fog is cleared. Uh, today's one of those episodes that we try not to wade into until uh, the facts are are uh, out there to be known. Yeah, we don't we don't take this kind of stuff lightly. No, and, and this is one of those subjects that's hard to discuss. It's one of those subjects that is um, sad to discuss, and and the subject that we're talking about, the subject du jour, if you will, is that of um, famed apologist Ravi. Zacharias, and um, tragically, after his passing, uh, even a couple years prior to his passing, there were some allegations that were made that was uh, denied by uh, Ravi Zacharias International. Uh, it was denied. It appears as though now there were uh, multiple incidents over years of um, sexual misconduct. Uh, with women sexual harassment and criminal activity to the point of criminal activity uh, uh, to go as far as there are uh rape allegations I in the report up to three allegations of yep. rape. and so so i guess what we come to today is how do we handle these things in light of um his status in the christian community uh he had spent some time uh, i know uh, I don't remember the year, but he had give presentations at the Southern Baptist Convention, their annual meeting. Yeah. He had give presentations. He had uh, had the stage in multiple colleges over the course, uh, I believe it was 83, 1983 is when he uh, launched the ministry. Got to start from the Billy Graham. He uh, spoke at G3. He spoke at G3. Uh, kind of oddly, the one that was odd, I think, that he seemed out of place. I don't know if you've ever watched this. You can find this on YouTube. But kind of the one that was out of place was he was at the Ligonier Conference uh, one year, and he was actually on a uh, Q&A, and I believe RC was up there, and it, it was Ravi Zacharias. I don't remember the other two gentlemen was there, but it was it was a very odd, uh, uh, just an oddity to see this. Did I confuse G3 with Ligonier? Uh, you may have. I don't know. I'm not sure about G3. I was trying to remember if he was at G3 or not. He could have been. I do know he was at Ligonier, which was kind of an oddity. That well, because there. They're, they're Reformed and they're Presbyterian, and, he and he's not. not yeah. And um you know, there's a lot of things about this allegation, or not about it, about this report that come out. Um, you know, when we are dealing with people, uh, there's accountability comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, where you and I uh, attend church, where we go to church, where we're part of the local body, we are under... Uh, subjection to the uh, elders there, yeah. And the elders, we have a we have a podcast here, and there are people at the church that listen to this podcast. Sure. And if we say something uh, wrong, heretical, or if we do something out of line, we are under those elders and under their teaching and under um, under their um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not authority, but um, but we are under them. And we are subjection to them to make sure to sure. everything runs through the proper uh, biblical filters. You know, as we look at this report, it appears as though Ravi spent many years traveling with basically zero accountability. Yeah, that that seems to be what what happened was um, the old saying: "No man is an island unto himself." Yeah. Well, you're not, and when you make yourself an island, when you try to be an island, uh, what happens? It becomes your own little kingdom. If you're the only one there, it becomes your kingdom. And I, and I actually think it could have been James White that said that, that after a while, his ministry became his own little kingdom. No, actually, it was uh, it was Al Mohler that said that. Oh, was? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I know we, we have sat back and waited on this because we knew when this broke shortly after his death, this actually broke kind of right around, around his death, the time of right his around death. the time yeah. of his death or shortly thereafter, and... What's sad is, you know, there were allegations up to just months prior to him passing. So he's sick with cancer and knows he's dying. Yeah, knows he's dying. And there's allegations of inappropriate texts going on at that time. And once again, we're not speculating. These are things that you can find in the report. Because what happened? RZIM Ministries has actually brought um, in an outside consultant and they actually released it publicly. And, And so we are very cautious. And these were attorneys who have a history 
They brought in a team of attorneys who have a history of investigating and both prosecuting and defending these type of allegations in the past because they wanted someone that would be completely independent, completely impartial, and they went through their investigation and they said early on, even in their investigation, that it, it, they didn't actually have to under, uncover a lot of stones Tip before, of the they, before they found things. Well, and, here's a quote from the Baptist Press article on it. Mm-hmm. It says, RZIM hired the law firm Miller & Martin PLLC to conduct an independent investigation following a September 29th. So he passed away in May, I yeah. think at 19th. So yeah. we're in September when the investigation is allowed. So sometime between May and September is when the allegations broke. By a report by Christianity Today on accusations of sexual abuse against Zacharias from three women who were employed at an uh, Atlanta area massage parlors. Um, that came three years after he denied accusations of an illicit online sexual relationship with a woman in Canada. That woman later identified, and we'll leave her name out, confidentially settled the dispute in the fall of 2007 with a non disclosure agreement. So, go ahead. Well, I want to point something out. Those massage parlors were owned by Ravi Zacharias. He he was what was called a silent partner in those. Yeah. Now, you got to realize this report also indicates that he packed several cell phones with him. Um, you know, it even goes as far as to talk about his email was outside of, uh, outside of RZIM. Um, when he was there, he had his own uh, private network. There was no accountability at all for this. I mean, there was no accountability. Um, this so essentially, he's he's operating off a of VPN. He's yep. he's got his own personal email accounts that he's using. He's got multiple cell phones, so he's essentially got burner phones. Yes, for his private use. And um, yeah, this is this is what folks. This is what organized crime is basically. This is what they do. Organized criminals, and I'm not necessarily saying the mafia. What I mean here when I say organized crime is I mean anyone who is in an actual criminal operation. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but my background is in dealing with criminal investigations, okay, in my previous work. And when you see this kind of thing with multiple phone numbers, multiple email accounts, private things such as VPNs and all that, something's going on. Sometimes it's child porn. Sometimes it's human trafficking. Sometimes it's trafficking in narcotics, but it's always something illicit. And none of those were linking to Ravi. We're only no, linking no, 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 what, no. what this report says and the allegation that he had uh, none underage, but women uh, illicit sexual relationships. Right, they, uh, but they were. But that's what they that's were typically women who were not his wife, and yeah. they were women who were much younger than him. So, so here's a man that is an apologist for the faith, living a double life. Yeah, and so now. You know, you have all these people that have looked up for him, looked up to him. They've they they love his ministry. They love his teaching. Look, can and I say that I used to listen to his radio show frequently? Yeah, you and I talked about that. Uh, he had a podcast called "Let My People Think." Yep, that I was subscribed to for a while. Um, when my podcast subscriptions got out of hand, I got just too many. I had to let some of them go. His was one of them that I let go. <laughs> but uh, that's a personal problem. But uh, you know, um, it was just kind of when this thing started happening last year and I started hearing about it, I was loath to think that it was true because I've, you know, look, I like apologetics. I've talked about this. That's my thing. It's one of the things that kind of got me into wanting to have a deeper understanding of the scripture to be willing to give that as first Peter states. I think it's first Peter chapter three, be willing to give a, a defense of what you believe, right? Uh, have a defense of your faith. That word for defense there in that translation is apologia. Be able to give a defense. And that's, yeah. I, I mean, and this report goes on to state, uh, talks about him being a silent partner. Uh, the, then it talks about the, the massage therapist, and it said thera- therapists at those spas told Christianity Today that Zacharias would repeatedly, in quotations, try for more than a massage and sent obvious cues that he wanted more. Over time, several therapists told investigators those requests morphed into acts of sexual abuse. Of the more than 50 individuals, including more than a dozen massage therapists, who were interviewed for the report, only one said uh, that Zacharias engaged in sexual intercourse with her. The woman who was struggling financially at the time that she met Zacharias said he offered to pay for her schooling. Now, this is when it gets... Um, 
sad. It's, the whole thing. Let yeah. me back up. The whole thing is tragically sad. He's it, sad for these victims, but this is when it gets scary for me. It's dealing, all been vulgar and obscene up to this point, but now this it takes the cake. So this this is is when it gets sad for me dealing with Ravi and his eternal and his eternity. And I'll explain more. But I'm not going to judge sure. anybody. Matthew let's, chapter seven. Let's seven's, continue with the facts first, and then we'll discuss. And so these. it says. Um, where do we go from here? And said, um, and said, and she was struggling financially at the time she met Zacharias, and she and, and and said she said he offered to pay, offered to help her pay for schooling and monthly living expenses as well as compensate her for massages. According to investigators, she told us she felt obligated to do what he asked because of the financial support in which he provided. The woman went on to describe the encounters, which lasted a number of years, as rape. This is, once again, this is from the Baptist Press. We are reading directly here verbatim. Zacharias said, uh, or Zacharias, she said, would make her, now listen to this, pray with him to thank God for the opportunity they both received. She said he called her his reward, air quote, for living a life of service to God. And he referenced the godly men in the Bible with more than one wife. He would often warn her against speaking out, telling her she would be responsible for the millions of souls whose salvation would be lost if his reputation was damaged. Uh, it makes me want to say so much right there. Well, and, and we're going to. I, I yeah. mean, we're going to just say what's on our mind here. First of all, I'm going to point out the fact that um, God is in charge of our salvation and Christ is in charge of our salvation. And, and so I'm going to get that out of the way right yeah. off the bat, and, I, and I'm going to leave that there. This girl... Her action or inaction to to engage in sexual activity with this this perverted old man. That's I'm just going to say it. That's at that point. That's the point we're at right now. If these things are all true, and remember, at this point, the report states that these are not disputed. And and I think RZIM has went as far as to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they've they they have it. I don't know that they've denied this. Well, because apparently they've seen enough evidence. There's there's a lot more stuff. Oh, there's, there's, there's pictures. Stuff that's not there's, in, there's illicit there's, pictures. There are things that are not in the reports. Oh, I'm halfway down the report. Yeah. And I've skipped over fifty percent of it going down. And I think here here's here's the scary part for me. Now let's take in mind Matthew chapter seven verse one says, "Let us not be judged unless you know you'll be judged by the same measure that you judge." I'm not judging. His eternity. What I am saying is this. There is a real fear for the lack of repentance on his part. Um, you and I have said numerous times that we all fall. Every one of us, you know, there are sins that we battle. And we always talk about are we trying to mortify those sins? Right. Are we trying to mortify those sins in our life? Is it this? And we may battle those from the day we're converted until the day we... Uh, pass on. Yeah. But is there an attempt to mortify those sins? Scary in this, what, what is scary in this is there appears to be no attempt to mortify those sins, to in repent of those sins. Instead, there is a, he basically gave an encomium to it by saying like a prayer. Yeah. He basically said, let's make this a form of worship. You are my godly reward on this earth. You're my concubine. Is what he was telling her, for for because I'm a man of faith and I I serve God. God has allowed me to have you in my life so that I can release this energy, this pent up frustration, this sexual lust. So when I'm away from friends, family, coworkers, my my family, my wife, I'm going to do these things, and and you're going to actually be serving God by serving me. And and I'm sorry, but that's pathetic. It's it's tragic. I mean, you think about this poor woman yeah. as a victim. That's manipulation. Of a, I mean, he's manipulating her with a with a power that she sees him as having. And let's be clear: the Bible never teaches polygamy as being okay. No. Every time we see the institution of marriage spoke about, it is between one woman and one man. What does Jesus say when they're actually trying to catch him? The Pharisees, because they want to say it's okay to have their different forms. They had so many different reasons for divorce at this point. Yeah, and he says it was never. The case that God desired for you to allow to divorce. It was always from the beginning one man and one woman. It's always and the only reason he allowed divorce at all was for the hardness of the hearts of men. It's always one woman and one man. So here you have, well, twisted scripture. Yeah. To justify his own sin. So 
now I'm going to justify the my lust and my cravings, and I'm going to somehow distort the Bible and di- di- distort the truths therein, and I'm going to be able to make it fit what I want it to fit, and I'm going to be able to plug it in. And that's essentially what he did here in this. Uh, so now we have to get down that. to brass tacks. We have I, to get I down. Read, to the, I want to read one more thing here before you get into that. I oh, want you to okay. get into brass tacks, but I want you. We're not. It gets. It gets a little more dicey. This is where I want to get to. Okay. This, uh, let me get down there. Massage therapist. Uh, a massage therapist met him in 2014 in Bangkok. Was one of the four women determined to receive a significant proportion, uh, significant significant portion of funds provided through Touch of Hope, according to a description in the notes. Now, this is the notes of what that this funding is going for—a notation for tax purposes. Right. On one of Zacharias's phones, notice plural. Touch of Hope was a humanitarian effort on the part of RZIM meeting short-term needs for long-term gains. In actuality, said investigators, it was a purely discretionary fund with no clear guidelines governing how money would be granted. Through Touch of Hope, the woman from Bangkok received more than $40,000 for culinary school in the United States. Now go ahead to the brass tax. I just wanted to add that part. Of the slush fund for yeah, that's what it was fueling his own. So, so he's created a a separate fund. A and gave it a name as a ministry, mm-hmm. Touch of Hope. It was a touch of something, but it was a touch of insanity and lust. Okay, to to pull this together, we've we have briefly stated things in the past on this show. We had an episode on apostasy. We, we've talked, I think it was our first episode, if I'm not mistaken, our full-length episode was on apostasy. I think so. And we covered in that, we barely mentioned, this was in the summer of 2020, we did, I don't think we mentioned Robbie, because that was still under investigation, we did not want to bring that up at all. We mentioned a couple of other people, all right, and we talked about some singers, some supposedly Christian singers having gone off, and we talked about a few pastors. And we may have mentioned names in that, because I know one person in particular was uh, the guy that wrote the book on dating, where it was basically yeah, we did mention him by name, waiting, which it, escapes me uh, at yeah, this point. It does me too. And I said that that's a sad situation because you had a young man who, by the age of seventeen, was basically being told preach, and that alone is not the problem. It's that he was put in areas of authority without ever truly being mentored and, and, and once again accountability discipled, and then and then left to do his own thing. And he wrote books that made a lot of money. Now, I'm sure he hasn't renounced his trademark and his copyright on those books. He's making money off people of faith. Uh, I'm sure they've stopped buying his books now at this point, I hope. But the point is, he's renounced his faith, divorced his wife, left his kids. And one of the first things he did was go hang out at a gay pride parade and apologize for having spoken out against homosexuality. Now, here's there's a lot of problems in this. But the issue is, uh, I made a prediction off the air with you about what I think is going to eventually come out about that man. But that's neither here nor there. Um, the, you can probably read between the lines of what I'm trying to say the, to the listener. Uh, the point is, what do you do with these people? He basically says, I, don't, I, I am in no way what you would call a Christian anymore, I think is how he worded it. He has said he had faith and lost it. Okay? I say he never had saving faith. That's my view of apostasy. Apostates are those false professors. I don't believe an actually an actual saved person is able to lose their salvation because Christ said, "Of those that you've given me, the Father has given me. I've lost not one." So, if you are born again, if you're born from above, if you are heaven bound, right? You're still earth earthly tied. You live here in a physical in physical condition, but you're heaven bound in your eternity. That's not going to change. So, was Robbie? I put this question to you. Was Ravi heaven bound? Was he truly converted? I can't consign him to the pits of hell, okay? It's, I'm not the judge, God is. And, and that's great, because we don't need to be the judge. We're not God. But the problem I'm seeing is, and I've heard this from multiple sources, is there's no outward showing of any inward confession to his family or anyone else upon his deathbed or anything else prior to it. In fact, the, the, the facts remain that they found what they call sexting, Texts that are of a sexual nature between a man and a woman or whoever up to just weeks before his death. Well, now that's scary to me 
because he's living, still living this double life, knowing he's about to go meet his maker. You know, if you were to YouTube search Ravi's testimony, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you hear us talk about our testimony, and I know you and I've talked about our testimonies both, um, there's a law and gospel. There is a, we know we've broken God's law. We know we've sinned, and we know there has to be a payment for those sins. When Ravi give his testimony, you know, he talks about he come to Christ when he, I he attempted, it was a suicide. He attempted suicide as a teen, and his mother read the Gospel of John to him while he was sleeping, and, and then when he was in the bed in the hospital, uh, his mother was not a believer at that time, but someone had given her a Bible, and she was just randomly reading to him, and she began to read from the Gospel of John, and he claims that somewhere during that time, that was his conversion. But there was no... Uh, acknowledgement of sin in his life and acknowledge acknowledgement for repentance, he doesn't appear to have any repentance, like you said, up until even his death. Or, that's the concerning part for me. Maybe and, you, he, and you and I know a lot of people personally to whom Robbie Zacharias was a light. They Oh, they loved him. They they, they loved his work. And, and don't get me wrong, as I, as I said, I I enjoyed it. A lot of his stuff didn't always agree with him. He's not a presuppositionalist. He was not necessarily in league. Half with the me. time, I don't even know where he stood on things. Yeah, yeah true. He was very vague, very and, vague. And and I and I used to say I used to sort of be an apologist for that, saying, well, but in the places that he goes and 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 where he's allowed to go, at least he's getting out something. But the problem was, I realize now there wasn't enough of a strong stance on the gospel. The Mormon, the Mormon Tabernacle, when he went there. Uh, was the was kind of the capstone for me that was a red flag going, wait a minute. I mean, he went in to there and had a chance to proclaim the gospel correctly mm-hmm. and didn't. Yeah. I mean, and, and didn't, unless I've heard wrong, and if I've heard wrong on that, somebody correct me, but what I see when he went into that, he didn't. And, you know, I think it was Todd Friel that said this, and I, I'm going to rob it from him, but he was so accurate. He was a good storyteller. When people would ask him questions and people would talk to him, he was really good at telling a story. He was, I, I don't. Oh, he was very engaging. Very yeah. engaging. But even in his talks and his lectures, if you go listen to him, I do not see a um, a gospel presentation. Now, we talk about apologists, and this is a terrible segue, but I'm going to use him as a comparison. But we listen to James White a lot. Yeah. And we love Dr. James White. We love to listen to him. You will hear the gospel presented when you listen to him in his debates with people and when he gives presentations. You're going to hear the gospel. Um, when, you, he deba- when he debates other Christians just on matters the of theology, he's still going to bring up the gospel. He's still going to bring the gospel. Everything is gospel-centered. This. And that was the fear with Ravi. There was no the, – the, the centrality of his focus was not the gospel – at any time that I ever remember listening to him, and listen, Doctor White gave him the benefit of the doubt. Yes, he brought the, he broke this a long time ago, and then said, "But we're not going to comment on it because he even pointed out that I'm all I'm hearing right now is stuff about sexting on phones." And he said, "I don't I don't believe that because things like that can be faked." So I'm going to wait until we hear anything that's concrete. There I think it was be, the end of February there, when there he- there needs to be multiple. Um, witnesses and multiple accusations that can be verified in some way before I'm willing to go that way. And his view was, it's not because I'm defending Robbie because I'm, I want the same standard used. If some, if something's ever said about me, well, and because I people think can, he, people can hack your computer, they can hack your phone. And he's right about that. But you know, James White pointed out the fact that the only actual contact with RZIM he ever had was that RZIM and one of their offshoots funded his education in Arabic. Mm-hmm. For him to study apologetics against with Muslims, and he but he's that. never even met Ravi. But he never met Ravi. Never met. Never had any ar- interaction. He met with him someone directly. that knew Ravi. That's about it. That's <laughs> as close as he got to him. But even James White, what was it? It was the end of September before he ever broke. I mean, what this report was out before he? No, 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 no. Before the report came out. No, when he officially well, talked White, about it, White mentioned it shortly after Ravi's death, but said. And people are asking me why I'm not talking about it. And he said, because there's nothing to talk about yet. Well, I'm talking about a couple of weeks ago is when he actually yeah. just sat down and spent yeah, 30 he, or 45 minutes and, talking and, about and it. He, and he discussed the fact that the biggest problem he's concerned about is th- there seems to be a lack of repentance. 
And, you know, he says, again, that's not my job to judge him. And that's not what we're doing. And we're not either. We're not either. We're judging the actions that, once again, someone who's in a position, a public position that claims the name of Christ, has fallen from grace. Now, let's talk about that. Because, um, you know, I'm a big music buff, right? So, in the 1980s, when I was growing up, there was a show on television called Miami Vice. And one night, they did a sh- they did an episode on a Friday evening in which a woman crashes her car. And the woman is got runny makeup going down her face, and she's 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 high on pills or drunk or something. I don't remember the plot. This 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 is a show from eighty seven or eighty eight. It's a long thirty something years ago. I've slept since then, so so I don't remember the entire plot. But bowls down. There was a song playing in the background called Satellite by a group called uh, called uh, Oh, what's happened to me? My mind, my brain, my old brain. I've forgotten. Um. Oh, I thought that was the Georgia Satellites. They, totally. They different. had the song And We Danced? Oh my goodness. I mean, one of the dudes wrote Time After Time with Cindy Lauper. Um I cannot believe I'm doing this. I never forget names of rock groups. Well, anyway, so this group had a song called Satellite, and it was basically talking about this is during the time of Jim Baker, Jimmy Swaggart, and all those people. Okay, so I've I've lived through a lot of this before. And it was basically talking about these guys on TV, all they're wanting is your money, they're false prophets. Now, it's coming from a secular group, but honestly, they're right. And and knowing what we were going to discuss today, I actually had listened, when you got here, I was listening to Dire Straits, but actually right before that, I had been listening, and that's why I can't believe I can't remember the name of the band, because I was listening to that song, Satellite, just before that, and... It's amazing how prescient it was and how that song in 1987 still rings true today. Only now we're talking about guys like, like Ravi. What was it all about? You know? And that's the thing. What was it? No, it's, it's, it's not Def Leppard. I'm sorry. It's not that one. Um, And that's the thing we're talking about when you're talking about that's the fear. I've actually said this in the message when, when you have, the pagan world sometimes look at people from the church. Sometimes all they see is those people are just after our money and after our money and after our money, and that's all they uh, that's all they care about. And that's the danger you run into with these major uh, major apologists. Go ahead. It's the Hooters. Okay, I saw that one, but I didn't know if it was them or not. I, I, okay, not to be confused with a certain chain of restaurants. Well, no, I, I happened to see that one at the first, and I thought, surely that's not who he's talking about. Yeah, I've yeah. honestly, I can honestly say I've never heard of them. Oh, um, yes. Oh, well, never mind. But they're but, um, good songwriters. <laughs> but yeah, so what a name. Sorry, maybe that's why God was maybe we should letting me def- not tell the name of the maybe group. We should anyway. with Def Leppard. Yeah, and uh, but uh, but. So that's that's the fear. These things go through it. cycle, you know, and we don't have as many uh, other than your Joel Osteens and a handful of others. Uh, maybe maybe guys like uh, uh, Joyce Myers, uh, and those. yeah, D- David Jeremiah, uh, Robert Jeffress, uh, John MacArthur. There's still a handful of big names in evangelicalism that do get on TV and people or on radio and people do know who they are. But there's not a whole lot of them. But Robbie was a guy that was known by a lot of people, politicians, statesmen. You know what I'm saying? He was known by people from all denominations, all walks of life. Um, he went into universities that were mostly non-Christian. And they didn't boo him. And they didn't boo him. They and allowed and him to talk. Packed, and, and he, and he was good. He was. At giving a, a witness for why Jesus is real. There's a historical Jesus that lived. Why the resurrection can be trusted. Why the Bible can be trusted. I'm not saying he wasn't. Intellectually. I, I don't know. Intellectually, he had a lot going for him from the point of view of defending the faith. But again, having watched him and listened to him, I, I, I got stuff out of him. There's no doubt about it. But what's scaring me is that this isn't something that happened a few years ago and that's it. No. This was something that occurred while he's doing all these works, right? Supposed works for God. You have this double life. I call it a double life. That's what it is. It's a double life. I mean, there are reports that he would be speaking at a university or speaking and then have something planned right after he got done talking to go have one of these illicit relationships um, afterward. And, and, you know, and and you got people that he was connected to, like 
Johnny Hunt, SBC president. Uh, the gentleman, I went, uh, his name is uh, uh, escaping me, but he's at Bellevue Baptist in Memphis, which is where um, he he was the pastor after uh, Adrian Rogers. And you know he, you know they had him speak, and and you know they're just just flabbergasted at it's what it's what's happened and what has transpired. Well, it's disturbing to me. It's disturbing as, to me as, too. Again, as someone who actually did enjoy watching his interaction with people, you know, his debates and his discussions, and he would get asked some really pointed questions from, by atheists and people who were agnostic and people who were actually antagonistic towards the faith. He always treated them with respect, and in, in doing so, he usually earned their respect. Even if they didn't agree with him, he didn't change their minds, they still, you know, there was a, there was a way of, his way of dealing with stuff. He had charisma. I just don't know. It just it scares me. Well, and here's the other thing I always say: you and be cautious of the people that you hear that say that'll never happen to me. Take heed lest you fall. Lest you fall. I mean, you there there has got to be safeguards installed. Um, and honestly, and um, Ravi had knew how to get around the safeguards because if you were to go back and when the first allegation. Um, happened in 2017 Ravi had made the comment that um, that he had knew how to put in um, safeguards electronic uh, electronic safeguards to be able to take care of his server to be able to take care of his devices his communica- communications that way there would be some sort of accountability because I go back to what I said earlier the lack of accountability um, is a very very uh, scary reality for these type of ministries uh, because they're not sitting under a group of elders that would be uh, the ones to provide the disciplinary actions for those going against uh, biblical teaching. But, you know, Robbie had went as far as he knew how to get around those safeguards because he had pretty much had those safeguards put in himself, but he would use the BlackBerry Messenger app, the WhatsApp uh, and basically, there was no way, being his, he had his own uh, uh, server. Basically, there was no way that uh, that people were allowed in to to check these safeguards and these uh, uh, and these measures that were taken. And the other problem was when you know one thing I you know that I've always practiced is if I'm traveling, my travel companion is my wife. And my wife is the one that would travel with me on these things. And, and that way that, that the accountability that is there with my wife, it's with my, my partner in which God has given me. Ravi, when he traveled, he traveled with a, a male companion. And really that male companion, he could, you know, he could disappear for, for hours on end. And it was well documented that, that Ravi had, um, Oh, um, chronic back issues. So with these issues, he was able to conceal what he was doing. Um, and he could conceal it under the, 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 the view that it was, uh, for his back, you know, it was therapy for his back. And, you know, like I said, and he's traveling with a male counterpart. His wife is not the one holding him accountable because he would go on riding trips and spend months in Asia, months with one male companion, zero accountability when it comes to a family member. He had none. It was just him and this. So, so there was always, person. there was always equal. There was always open opportunity for corruption. There was no, like you said, there was no real accountability, no accountability. here. And like I said, he knew every way around every. Person, yeah, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, there were payoffs. There right? had to be the report. Talks the report. About it. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, there were payoffs, not just to well, that, that one, one woman, was... but but there were other payoffs. There were people that kind of had an inkling and knew, and and he would shut them up. There was hush money paid. Now, uh, you know, here's the other thing. Even before the sexual allegations, you know, the first thing that was brought up against him was that hey, he didn't really attend Oxford. He didn't get yeah, a PhD some... from Oxford, and. And I, this was interesting. Um, was it week before last or last week one on the briefing? Al Mohler gave a little when that when the thing finally broke. Al Mohler gave a um, story. His 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 Robbie story was that they once appeared together. It was some 
some function, and uh, they both spoke. And afterwards, at a dinner, he was sitting at he was seated seated at the same table as Ravi, and he asked Ravi about something about attending at Oxford, and Ravi deflected. He said, and it struck me as odd. It seemed like an obvious deflection to me that he was ignoring my question and moving around it as if he didn't understand what I was asking him. Apparently, it was a question that was could have only been answered by someone who'd actually done their work at Oxford. Oh. And Robbie couldn't answer it, and he moved on and moved away. And he said, then I found out later, and he said, I did know this. Because he said, there are people that will say, well, why didn't you ever come forward with this? Because he said it wasn't my place to do so. But when allegations were made about him not having certain degrees that he claimed or having attended certain places or, ha- or been associated with certain professors, he said, that part always disturbed me because I, I figured that part was actually true because I discovered later that he made sure we never appeared together in public again. Really? Yeah. He said, and I listened to the said, I must have he said, and Robbie Zacharias had that kind of power. He did. Uh, you so know, again, it was, you have a double life standard it, that I'm talking about. Well, and you got to remember, you have all these people that have honorary degrees, but if somebody would give me an honorary doctorate, I'm not going to refer to myself as Dr. So-and-so because no. I got an honorary doctorate from no. somewhere. And I don't know, didn't he have some honorary doctorates? He did, he had two or three honorary doctorates, and and he had done some some work that would be considered graduate school work, from my understanding. So he had attended universities. That's not to say he never attended university, he didn't have an education. I don't think you could fake the knowledge that he had, had you not actually been well-read and actually had an education. Sure. It's just that the idea that supposedly he had a PhD, an actual doctorate, from Oxford, and there was no such thing. Well, and, and here's one Which I don't things. believe it's actually called a PhD there. It's called a DPhil or something like that in England. But Well, and here's one thing. I want to read this to this other paragraph I'd, I'd forgot about, and I had it highlighted here. Um, and it was talking about the travel, and it says typically at least one male uh, RZMI, uh, yeah, IM, RZIM, a staff member traveled with Zacharias to give an appearance, the key word being appearance of accountability, a personal masseuse also frequented these trips and when the high level rzim staff member expressed concern over the appearance of inappropriate behavior zacharias now listen to this air quote grew angry and barely spoke to the staff member for a long time another staff member who spoke out was demonized by zacharias and accused of spreading rumors um so you look, uh, and, and it goes on to further say they joined a growing number of staff who were met with indignation after speaking out or asking questions. According to the report, Zacharias would be strident and inflammatory, describing critics as nasty people, lunatics, and engaging in satanic-type slander and falsehood. So he used his position of power and his standing in the community to then degrade and belittle and to basically silence opposition. Yeah. And like I read earlier, he was able to conceal, you know, like the traveling masseuse because he had chronic back issues, so he kind of concealed that. But once again, I go back to what I said earlier. And again, from your French words, masseur is the male. Masseuse means it was a female. Yeah. He had his own private woman that was giving him body massages. And... um and look, I'm not going to say it's a sin to get a massage. It depends on the type of massage and, where, and, and what's being done. Let's be real. We're all adults. Most, I'm sure there's no children listening to this, this program. But there's a difference between a sensual massage and massage therapy for chronic muscle and nerve pain and things like that or recovery from, from athletic exertion. That's different. That's physical therapy. This is a different type of massage. From the looks of this report, this was not a physical therapy type of massage, not a sports therapy. Yeah. And I'm, that, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I know that. I'm, I, no, I'm I know you're that not. Out. I, I'm pointing that out. That's no. why there, was, there, were, there were eyebrows raised at I'm, this. I'm kind of cutting to the chase here. This yeah. does not appear to be therapeutic in nature. Um, no, my point is it, I'm not saying all massages are a sin. But no. This type would be. This, this type is be. And it does appear, and I, and I want to start bringing this home now, it does appear that Places such as uh, Lifeway, they have removed his material. Here's the question that we will end our discussion on. What do we do with the teachings of Ravi Zacharias knowing what has happened that basically is disqualified from public ministry? 
he's no longer qualified to be an now he's like I said he's you know, we're not speaking ill of the dead we are looking at a report yeah put uh, out by his own ministry put out by his own ministry put okay. out by his own family so what do we do yeah with that now I'm we're not, not gonna, here we're not here to bash Ravi or to or to ridicule him or to or to or to mess with his family and their memory of him no. but this is a public thing now I'm not going to so give any names okay you asked me a year or so ago about a certain commentary that was written yeah. And you asked me, because the, the gentleman that had written that commentary was involved in uh, sexual allegations, um, and you asked me, what do we do with that commentary? And do we have to throw it out? And I said, my comment to you was, we don't need to look at the man if we can glean something out of it, because if we had to throw everything out that every sinful person has written, we wouldn't have any commentary. There'd be no books. You know, but I'm cautious Sure. When it comes to that, I'm cautious when it comes to um, that commentary. Um, I, I am cautious when it comes to it. And you have but you, I have, you have that commentary. Here's the, here is, in my opinion, the difference. That one thing appears to be not a lifelong, I don't know whether it's repentance, that gentleman's still alive. Yeah. This appears to be a lifelong or at least in the last 40 years, sure. an ongoing, unrepentant sin. Well, my understanding is that these allegations go back to the 90s. So we're looking at 20, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. And he only started the ministry in 84. Yeah, yeah. So it would have um, been very early on in the ministry when so, it started. So, so here's the thing. He did an update of Kingdom of the Cults. Yeah, I actually have the book. So do yeah. I throw it away? Do I burn it? What do no, I do? No, 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 no. He didn't do the majority of it anyway. He just did some revision work and did the some introduction. Editing, yeah. yeah, did the uh, added a few things at the end of uh, modern stuff that's happened since. Uh, I think it's Goodman's original book, and or is it Martin? Martin. 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 Since Martin's original book, and um, he wrote an introduction. Beyond that, Jesus among other gods, good book. What do you do with it? You don't have to throw it out because it's a good apologetic. Um, but I'm not going to spend money to buy a new copy of anything of his. Now, that's just me. And I feel the same way about the commentator we were talking about, that you, without mentioning names that you mentioned a minute ago, I've still never purchased his commentary. And the only reason I got it, I got it in a set. Yeah, when you I got bought, it through a set. I bought the set in Logos. Yeah. And, I, when, I, and when I bought the set in Logos... Um, it just I, puts it in there. It, it put yeah. it in there. So and and, and there's nothing wrong I, with owning it. I, I, but I I'm not going to. If I bought it on the secondary market, I won't feel. I won't feel guilty. You're not going to give it to where the royalties. Where the royalties go. are going to go to him. Um, buy it on a secondary market. Glean what you what you can from it. I like I like James White's view of this. Glean what you can from anything, but always take everything. Not at face value, but but always read between the surface. In other words, know that there's a context to this. Yeah, this man said some good things, but then there was this. Uh, he always points out, for instance, that um, what's the song? Um, what's the song about that that comes from the story of the man who gets a word, a telegram from his wife saying the ship went down and everything was lost. Only I survived. They lost all three children. Yeah, it's not as well with my soul. It is. It is well with is my it, soul. Okay, they got into a, a cult. Yeah, after the publication of that song. After the and we still and, play that song and we do, we do. It's Jarza a Clay song. actually has a really good version he, of that song. He talked about James White talks about every time they sing that song, it brings tears to his eyes. He said, "But I know full well that man got involved with a wife swapping cult. What do you do with that?" He said, "You enjoy the song because the song, God can take anything." He's James White says he had a professor at seminary that said god can draw a straight line using a crooked stick yeah in other words sinful man is sinful man but god is god so take what you can glean from these things but understand that there's that this is now all tainted to some degree by what's been released and look we're not saying we know everything no not about by no means or that there can't be someone lying yeah they're they're there are gray words, areas here. There may be some allegations that aren't true because we all know that people like to jump on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Hashtag me too. I also was abused. Well, maybe you were, maybe you weren't. Maybe you just happened to work at one of those uh, massage parlors and now you say, well, I, maybe I can get some money or some notoriety out of this or further solely the name of someone. 
I'm not saying that's happening, but it could be happening in some of these cases. But there's at least one of these two of these cases that I think are legit. And we have to look at it from that point of view. Let's be clear. This is our one episode. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to deal with this. I'm not bringing anymore. up it again. No. This is everything we have to say on this topic. But we did it to bring a a broader thing, and the broader thing is what do you do with those people that have fallen or maybe never were risen? Um you take what you can from those things. You know, and it's not just that one songwriter that wrote It Is Well with My Soul. We got plenty of things in there in our history that we can look at and go, "Oh, I mean, Jonathan Edwards apparently was a slave owner." Something I only learned in the last few years when it became a, when it, when all this stuff when we began looking at well, everybody in the past and saying, "Well, if they did that, they weren't saved." Look at Martin Luther become anti-Semitic toward the end of his life. Sure. I mean, look once at, said the Christian should be the Jew's best friend. Yeah, and then, and then later said, if you can't convert a Jew, it'd be better to kill him. Yeah, I mean, so he and 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 he is one of the, probably the more quoted theologians that we know of in our day. We all know. Didn't it, Calvin it, do the same thing? When you toward look the end at of his? when you look at Luther. You can see almost two men. Yeah. One time Luther says one thing, and then he'll say something else that's just like, oh, my goodness, that's borderline blasphemy. Didn't Calvin do the same thing on the— I'm not sure about Calvin now. Or am I going cry? Maybe don't quote me on that. But Calvin did some things— There were some things Politically there in 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 Switzerland that, I mean, I got to, you know, hold my nose when I talk about Calvin sometimes. But we go back to the same thing. Then you take Calvin's Institutes— of the Christian one religion, one of the finest and, works, yeah, ever for yeah. the Christian religion. I'd say it's in the it's a I'd say it's in the top one hundred and should be read by every Christian. And one of these days, I plan to read it. <laughs> you want to borrow my I've copy read that excerpt, you got me, which I got you for. Christmas. You actually got that for me yeah. for Christmas. That is, right. I, and you know, that is one of the greatest Christmas presents I've got because it is the Institutes of Calvin. Sure, that is, like I said, one of the most theologically sound works. And all these people that don't like Calvin, read his one chapter on prayer and then tell me you don't like John Calvin. Sure. You know, just just read that one chapter. He was, okay, a, man, he was a man of the faith. But we, what we're saying so, is, so what we, do we, so what do we do with with Robbie or guys like Robbie? Um, glean what we can, I think, and for, forget about putting people on pedestals. Uh, I'm sorry, it's well, nice to have heroes of the faith, but John MacArthur is just a man, and he's one of my personal heroes of the faith. But he's just a man, so he sins too. We all sin. Well, and I want to add that something about John MacArthur. There is a effort right now to try to topple him because they're linking him with the prosperity gospel because of what he makes okay wait a minute but being prosperous is, is not different. equivalent to preaching a prosperity gospel, no it is which is different. anathema and he has vehemently spoke out often against the the, the, the prosperity, prosperity gospel. gospel he makes his money through book publication deals and and god bless him for getting it hey I, you I know own, what i own several of his books and i don't i don't apologize i have no problem supporting him yeah you know his commentary said is one of those i'd love to own it's you just, own several i own several but i don't own the but i'm telling you he has spent a life working he is a giant. He has took stands. Look at the stand he's taking on COVID right now. Sure. I mean, they they if they are trying. If this were Canada, he'd be in he'd jail. Be in James jail. Coates, right now, we yeah. need to be in prayer for. He's a pastor sure that is in jail. Sure do. And he, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, and he, you know, to me, those guys like James Coates, he's a giant of the faith. He has literally took a stand for the gospel, and he has took a stand for the truth therein. He's not took a st- I'm, I'm going to say this. He has not took a stand for programs. He has took a stand for the gospel. And look, they'd let him There's out of jail right difference. now if he'll just sign an agreement saying I won't preach until until I'm and, allowed by, by, the, by the authorities. And that's Acts chapter 5 in play. Yeah. That is Acts chapter 5 in play through this whole COVID. What James White pointed out, that was the, the deal with John Bunyan. Yeah. The judge, they left the cell unlocked with John Bunyan. He could go anytime. All he had to do was just say, I won't preach. I won't preach. I won't preach this separatist stuff. And you because know, of him, we have the Pilgrim, Pilgrim Progress. Yeah. Pilgrim's and, Progress. And, um, and he told the judge every time he would go up for a hearing, you let me out today, I'm preaching tomorrow somewhere. And they'd say, okay, based on the law of the king, you're not able to get out. And, and so you, we never, but again, like you said, take heed lest you fall. Don't judge, judge, judge. But understand that the righteous judge of all is going to judge this one way or the other. We should pray for the family oh, of yeah. Robbie and for those that have been involved in his ministry for all these years who who are hurting but, right now. And those who have purchased his books went to hear his speeches. Uh, look, there's a lady on YouTube does um, does apologetics um, 
Alyssa Childers, I only recently Didn't she discovered study her. Under him? She she was influenced by him. I, I want to oh, yeah, say to, yeah, maybe even got saved because of his ministry or whatever. But anyway, at any rate, I, I only recently discovered that she was actually a member of a Christian group called Zoe Girl. I don't know anything about them. They're yeah, you learned it from Cooper. Time. John uh, Cooper's I learned it from podcast. John Cooper. They'd known each other for years. He had her on his show because she'd had him on her show, and they were on there talking. And um, she's wrote a book called Another Gospel. Well, I how I got to know her was because her her video popped up as soon as this stuff started to come out. Even actually before this report was completely published, she had gotten a leak of it, and she was like, "I have to say that I've been defending him, and I have to apologize for that because at this point." It's gotten to the point of, and she pointed out, predatory. It, there was predatory things going on. And she liked Robbie. I think she knew him. She'd met him. Uh, and so she said, what do you do with stuff like that, you know? Well, and she was like, you know, you glean what you can from it, and you, disres- you dis- discard the rest, and you recognize this is a fallen human being. Well, and the other thing is be praying for all those in that ministry, because there were several speakers across several countries that this involved. And well, this look, ministry... The, the late Nabil, Nabil Qureshi... Mm-hmm. Uh, seeking Jesus, seeking Allah, but finding Jesus. He was involved with RZIM, but you know, he's since gone on to be with the Lord. He died of cancer a year or two ago. And you know, it doesn't take anything away from Qureshi's work. The, the, there's that British, uh, lawyer. I can't think of his name right now. Man, what an apologist worked with RZIM. Much better even than Ravi, honestly, at speaking. And his stuff was a presentation of the gospel. I just can't think of his name. I'm not good with names right now, but uh, the British guy who's a lawyer, he he's good. There was a lot of people involved with RZIM besides Ravi himself. Um, they're all hurting because now their association with him is tainted. By well, this. not only that, but that ministry may or may not, I don't know, it may cease to exist, and all these people are yeah, essentially out of a... Out of a job, out of a job, out of a platform. But you know what? That's okay. I mean, I mean, we wait. God will provide if a way. They're meant to be platformed somewhere. God will give them one. But I guess we say all that to say this: we need to be praying for our leaders. Yeah. We do not need to run to judgment. That's why we were very hesitant. But to- we need to hold each other accountable in the Lord, Absolutely. in the faith, and we need to hold our leaders accountable. You know, when they fall, we we can act, we can forgive once they've made a public profession and asked for forgiveness, we will forgive them whether they ask for forgiveness or not. However, that doesn't mean we immediately reinstate them. That's a bad thing that I see a lot against in certain areas of Christianity. A person gets on there and says a terrible speech, and five minutes later he's pastoring another church. I have a problem Well, with not that. only that, we've saw in the past, in the not-so-distant past, um, we have witnessed people come under sexual allegations, uh, be uh, brought down from the pastorate or from the main pastor teacher by elders. Uh, once again, not going to mention any names. Uh, and then the next thing you know, they've started a church. Yeah. Yeah. They've started a church. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, look, hey, I, we can throw another name out there. Then you got superstar preacher from Hillsong, New York, Carl Lentz, who's obviously been having multiple affairs. Uh, so, you know, and, Robbie's not alone in this. It's no, no, no. And I go back to what I said before. I've told you this before, and I'm going to beat this drum until I beat this drum. When you have a pastor that is kind of the head of everything, and then you have a somebody under, underneath him, really there's no accountability there either. It's when you have a plurality of elders that there is accountability and nobody is above anybody. And, and Robbie never acted in that con- never, in concert with the local body in which he was held accountable. No, that's, and although he had been ordained and it was... I was going uh, to ask you if you remember that. It was uh, yeah, I don't the domination. You, you want to know what it is? If you look it up, you'll find it's A.W. Tozier's. Yes. It's the group that A.W. Tozier, it's, a, it's missions and something, missionary something, whatever it is, alliance, missionary alliance or something like that. But... Um, I'm horrible with that. But names. you never heard of Ravi being part of a local body. And being part of the local body is where accountability comes from. No, he has and, a, Again, I go back to he had his own little kingdom. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to quote you and say he basically had his own little kingdom with zero accountability. Yeah. And I think we have exalted all, exhausted all of our. Yeah, we only want to exalt Christ. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> we, but we've we, exhausted everything we, we can exhausted say on this. We've exhausted everything subject. we can say on it. And look, and, we apologize if we've offended. It's not to be offensive. Look, we are um, saddened. We're saddened by it. We're not trying to condemn him either or anyone else. Uh, but but we've got to be held true. to a high standards. If we're going to publicly proclaim the name of Christ, and we should, we shouldn't be secret Christians, we should be public Christians. If we're going to do that, 
then we've got to hold each other accountable. And we've got to call sin, sin. And, and I wish everything we were reading were not true. I, I wish. But based it, on what we know now, it seems to be that these allegations, at least the majority of them, were true. And we're quoting the report that was re- released by the law firm. This, Like I said, you can read this article on the Baptist Press. Well, our ZIM actually had to stamp the approval on releasing it. Yeah. They're the ones that and released so, it. So with that being said, we need to pray mm-hmm. for pastors, teachers, elders, all those in leadership. We need to pray. We do not need to run to judgment. When you hear these allegations, missionaries, we, deacons, music, musicians, anybody. and whatever, whatever that role, whatever that thing is, when God gifts people, those gifts are His. He can give them and He can take them away. And, and sometimes we let our gifts become our thing where we they become an idol. They become our idol. And we need to, we as a ministry, it's easy to get puffed up with pride. We as a ministry, I think I, I am safe to say that our goal is to take a stance. That we're not going to talk about these things until we see something like the report. There's we didn't no want way. to talk about. We this. didn't want to talk about this at all. It was just one of those that it's so prevalent. It's out there. Well, it and saddens me personally, and then it also angers me. It, it does, it, but yeah, I, yeah. And that's the thing. I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be vicious. No, and so we are doing this with a broken heart, honestly, because somebody that we thought was somebody of the faith, and we're like I said, we're not judging him. But there are some serious allegations and lack of repentance yeah. that uh, that are concerning. So Very scary. We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, once again, as always, if well, you Chad, have... I'm going to put you on the spot, but I want to ask you to do something. Go ahead. Will you just kind of give a prayer to close us out? We don't always end that way on this show, but let's end with a prayer today for these matters and just the matter of the, of the nation in general and the church and in this nation and those around the world. The church is not a national church. It's it's a world church. It's worldwide. It's Catholic in the sense of universality. It's a universal church of and Christ. We need to be in prayer for all of our brothers and sisters all the way around the world. And who some that are, are right now are in prison. Some are in chains. Some will may may die for their faith. And and then some of us may be called to do things that we never thought we'd have to do in order just to survive, even in this nation. So let's be praying for God's hand on the church and on each other. And if you would, just close us out in just sort of a general prayer. and then we'll, we'll Let me clarify a word there. I said it's a universal Christ. I, I meant the invisible body of Christ, not the universal body of Christ, but yeah. the invisible body of Christ. Uh, but we'll pray. Father, we come to you today. We are so thankful for the opportunity to be able to uh, sit here and talk about you and be able to uh, proclaim you. Uh, as we enter this time, of uncertainty, and we enter this time in a world where everything is upside down, and we are, as Scripture says, for what what is right is now wrong, and what is wrong is now considered right. And we know you are the only way that we can turn back and to be able to restore things. And Father, we pray that through salvation that you can restore us into fellowship with you. That today, if somebody's hearing this, that they are somehow pierced by you and that you see fit to reach down and replace that stony heart with a heart of flesh that is one of a repentant nature to turn toward things of you. Father, we pray for those that involved in these situations as the families, uh, the sons, the daughters, the wives, the people who just look up to them. Father, we pray that you comfort them that they, if are not saved, they come to you in faith and repentance, and they solely rest everything upon your atoning work that you achieved upon the cross of Calvary. We pray for all those in leaders, that, all those in leadership, that they make correct decisions that turn to you and look to you. Father, we pray as laws are passed, that those laws are accordance with your will and accordance with your word. This prayer same may seem odd, but we pray for the unborn. Right now, they seem to have no voice in many countries. They seem to be the forgotten ones. They're not forgotten by you, and we pray that you give us the bold, uh, the boldness to be able to speak out against that. You forgive us where we fail you. We love you so much. We thank you for our salvation, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jalen.